0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Mans. Alright, welcome it everybody. Indeed, it's the podcast that's sweeping the nation. One Man's Opinion, right here uh, on wherever you found it. Oh, where, where do you guys find these podcasts, by the way? iTunes? Google Play? Are you in tuned in, or Stitcher or Podbean or any of those? Uh, however, you've chosen to make this program part of your day, we do. I do so appreciate it. It's one man operation right here. I shouldn't say that. Sean Angle producing the program every single week uh, does a great job with that as well. So it's not solo. And today is going to be a big episode because there's a lot to talk about. And I've opened it up to you guys. Uh, I did a little Ask Mans. Anything asking the folks around what questions you have. It's sort of, we're at the half point of the fantasy football season. So I want to make sure we are hitting all the topics that are near and dear to your hearts and minds. By the way, I am Jeff Manns. Where do you find me? You hear me on every afternoon on Sirius XM fantasy sports, Sirius XM's fantasy sports radio channel 87, a uh, serious 210 cha- channel uh, XM channel 87, four to 6 p.m. Eastern hosting elite sports Uh, Also on Sunday mornings, the Sirius XM fantasy football pregame show, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. Part owner of the Elite Sports Network includes fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com. And if uh, you guys are having a down season, things aren't going your way in daily, betting on NFL, seasonal leagues, whatever it is, we've got your solution. There's plenty of time to turn the, the season around plenty of time to make this the best fantasy football season yet. So join the elite mafia. If you want the best pricing possible, hit us up on our email address. It's uh support at elitefantasy.com. Say you want the big three bundle, or if you're a current subscriber to one, but not all three and you want to upgrade, just hit us up there as well. Um, and then I think my buddy Ted Schuster still has a promo code going on. Over there as well at Ted Schuster on Twitter. You could follow me me on social media, Jeff Mans at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. So a lot to get to today. It's episode ninety one. Welcome into it. I'll get to some week nine takeaways uh, with uh, as it pertains to the previous week of fantasy football. We'll look ahead to week ten. We'll do our our regular starts and sits. For this week, even though I got to say it's becoming very difficult, uh, uh, very difficult to record this on a Wednesday night and figure out who's going to start and sit on Sunday morning. A lot of injuries. I'm going to get to a lot of news. Last episode, did a whole news episode and boy. Those people close to me that know me, no, that's not what I like. I don't like talking about the news, but unfortunately, it's just such a big part of things right now. It was last week, especially in kind of remains Dalvin cook and Aaron Rodgers and uh COVID in the Browns locker room and the Tampa bay Buccaneers wide receivers and all that shit. So, um, you know, I'll get to that on this episode as well. I also want to, I definitely want to dive in to some daily fantasy football because those of you in seasonal leagues, you know, your seasonal teams for the most part, um, I won't say cruise control, but, you know, you're avoiding bye weeks You're picking up some players, but waiver moves are garbage at this point. There's nobody really to pick up, right? You know, there, there is, there's no, there's no real impact guys. There's fill-in guys, but there's no impact right now on the waiver wire. There's also uh, – You know, lineup advice is pretty straightforward. I want to get into those of you who are struggling in seasonal fantasy football. I had an interesting phone call on the show today. Uh, By the way, at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's everywhere else. I think I mentioned that. But um, the caller asked me like, well, I'm three and six. What, What do I do? Like my team, this is my team. And is there some years that it's just not your year? Unfortunately, yeah. Some years it just does go like that. And it's not that you can't come back from now. Dude, season's half over. You can come back. If you're three and six, you can win your championship. I'm telling, I promise you, promise you, you can do that. It is, it gets difficult. And that's why I don't care about results in the first four weeks of the season, right? It's, I don't care about the results early in the season. It's meaningless. You want, get as many wins as you can. Great, score as many points you can, fine. But right now is the time you got to start hitting. You you should be hitting the gas pedal. You should. Your team should start every time you pass a week. Uh, we just got through and like Russell Wilson's coming back. For instance, I'll, I'll use myself. Russell Wilson's come back from injury. Huge. Big for Metcalf. Big for Russ. I have a lot of shares of both those guys. Fantastic. If you're a Tom Brady owner or a Mike Evans owner, you just got past the bye weeks. Pedal down, right? that. That's what you need to be feeling. Now you're ready to go. Your team, you're getting over those buys. Your, your team is good. Now you've picked up the waiver wire players. You've made the trades you've needed to make. You've done that. Now it's time to start honing in on results only. I don't give a shit what you've been doing. I don't care what your record is. Nobody does. doesn't matter. What big fucking deal. Who cares? two and seven or two and seven you're in some problem but there's time to get it right and you want your team to be successful now so in that spirit i want to talk about daily fantasy because it's similar in dfs uh whether you've won or lost the first half of the year remember there's nine more weeks to go we have a long way to go here everybody with uh With this, right? Just the regular season. And then DFS, we go into the playoffs all the way through the Super Bowl. So there's plenty of time to win the big money. And we had a crazy amount of screenshots, crazy amount of winners over at elitefantasy.com this week. And I mean, we get a lot every week, but this week, such a ridiculous high percentage of our subscribers won. And they just GPP, tournaments, qualifiers cash games i mean we absolutely smashed it and so i and i want to give some advice for those of you who may not be subscribers or um we'd love to have you at elite fantasy by the way but if you're not i want to give some help out to you guys and just some things to look for because there's other folks that have been struggling and maybe lost their cash game lineups last week or have been losing in gpp and you know reset the buttons on that so i'm definitely going to get into that through this episode as well real quick takeaways uh, from week nine everyone who listens to my Sirius XM show knows I'm going to start with the Monday night game with the Bears and Steelers I don't again I said it on the show I couldn't swear remember I'm going to curse so put your earbuds in put the kids out of the car or away from the speakers if you can because Pappy's gonna start getting a little uh, curse heavy here um, it was it was a bullshit game in which fucking ESPN and the NFL had to have the Steelers win. The Steelers had to win that game. Had to. Like, absolute bona fide had to win the game. They made the biggest deal. In case you missed this, they made the biggest ESPN. I happened to watch the pregame show, and I was just sitting there like, why is a Monday night football winning streak why does it matter? Like, I don't get it. I, and I mean it sincerely. It doesn't matter. It's like nothing. Um, I fucking don't get it. So I was blown away by that, but okay, whatever. That's their thing. That's the, every, you see, you know, every, uh, uh, Sunday night football, Thursday night football, everybody has, they have their producers and I'm in broadcasting and I've been beat writers. And so I've got some insight on this topic. I know, that major networks and entities, they give you a, a guidelines. They want you talking about this. Do talk about this. Don't talk about that. You know, so on and so on. and And they they have what they want discussed, you know, and sometimes it's even how they would like it discussed. And, you know, that, it gets shitty like that. But you could tell that's what, what Monday night was. The fact, I didn't learn, I didn't know this until Tuesday afternoon that the Steelers had actually lost to the Washington potatoes last year on Monday night, but because it technically wasn't a real Monday night football game, meaning it was broadcast on Fox because they, they had to swap like the Monday night crew got the Ravens game, which was played on a Tuesday or Wednesday that week. And every last December it all got screwed up. Technically it didn't count as a Monday night football game but it was played on Monday night and it was at home. So it, it was, I don't, I can't believe that that existed. And yet the producers of the pregame show and even the announcers in the booth had to make such a big deal of it. That proves right there that they, it, it something that had to happen, that that was going to be their narrative, their story, their talk points all, all game long. And it sure enough, it was. And then you get into the refereeing, and the referees are terrible. Absolutely terrible. Was it one-sided? Pretty much. Did they make bad calls on both sides? Yes. And, again, and I know some of you, you're never going to – it's stupid. I, I'm a Bears fan, but I don't care. And I, I mean that. Like, I don't – the thing that you, you all have, I don't have it. And I mean it. And everybody who knows me knows it. They're mesmerized sometimes. I don't have that bias. I love my teams. Win, lose, whatever. I get pissed, everything else. But it doesn't matter to me the way it matters to a lot of you. I I just don't – I'm not going to say something is biased against my team because it's my team and I feel shorted or slighted. I'm absolutely – thrilled that the bears lost the game as a fan it's the best thing i want i thought they were going to lose i i bet on them losing i wanted them to lose and they lost i'm very happy about all of it but doesn't defeat the fact that the referees just didn't call a fair football game and again i watch every game and the hit on justin fields on the sideline you may not think it's right. I mean, I don't think it's right. I, I would love for them to be able to hit quarterbacks like runners. And those of you who argued with me, well, he was a runner at the time. Don't, you know, for one, why do you, I hate that shit? Like I know this dumb fuck. Like I know it. Yes. I know he's a runner. I know what the rules are, right. It would fuck. That's sometimes with trolls. I want to, I, I just want to, I want to go on live television and let's have a little uh, football off you versus me. We'll do pull a bunch of random questions and we'll see who's who and what's what because I'm going to kick your fucking ass. I don't think there's a person that knows this game better than I do. Quite frankly, I don't think there is. I, I don't think there's a broadcaster or a player. I don't think so. As much as me, sure. But better? I mean, they maybe be better as an analyst or as a whatever. They could be better. But no more? No, no, no. I know this rule book. I know the newest rules, the oldest rules. Yeah, I, know, I, know every, I know this backway, backwards and forwards. So that's not a problem. And I watch all of it, and it's called all the time. Helmet to helmet on a quarterback is fucking, I mean, it, it's called all the time. But does it get called a lot on Lamar Jackson? It's weird. Doesn't get called on Jalen Hurts that much or hasn't been at times this year, doesn't get called on Justin Fields. And I just start looking back. I'm like, okay, why is this? And then I just, I just have questions about it. I'm just going to leave it there hanging. And we all know what I'm talking about, but I I don't know. It shouldn't be like that, but the facts, that's something. The facts are not different being a bears fan or anything else. So that game seemed rigged as fuck to me. I'm happy it went the way that it did, but I also don't like watching sporting events or contests or competition that the the outcome is predetermined. Takes me back to the days of wrestling. I was a big WWF at that time. It's called WWF. Hulk Hogan and Iron Sheik. I was I was big into it. And then I you know, as I got older, everyone's like it's fake, it's fake. I'm like how could it be fake? And I realized, "Oh, it's the outcomes." How it happens is is sort of loose, but the outcome, like Hulk Hogan's going to win every match. He doesn't just happen to win every match, you know. It's already it's predetermined. That part, that was it for me. I'm never, I can't go back. Is it entertaining and stuff? And a lot of you like wrestling still. I, I get it. I, I love the idea of it, but I don't like the predetermination. That to me, I, I love competition, and. Oh, this, I couldn't say this on, on the XM show and I'll say it now um, because of my upbringing. And I, you know, I've always been transparent with everybody about it. And, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went on the rant. I don't need this shit and all that rant. And some of you get mad and put off because I basically bragged that I'm rich. Right. And, <laughs> and I, I understand why you wouldn't like it. Cause I wouldn't like it, but I do things like that to motivate you and try to piss people off to a certain degree. You need to stay motivated with it. But let me just explain that I'm a, I'm a little boy forever that grew up on the South side and in apartment buildings that are decrepit and Robert Taylor funded housing projects and, you know, in Burbank and Bridgeport and uh, moved out to the suburbs. And my dad built our first actual home home, um, you know, it didn't even have it, it had an upstairs, a two story home that didn't have it. There was it wasn't finished. Fucking thing. Um, I mean, true stories about my life, uh, include a uh a thunderstorm that sh- uh lightning struck a tree in my front yard. The branch, a uh, big, fucking like 200 pound branch, huge tree, crashed through my bedroom when I was 12 years old, 11, 12 years old and i mean literally destroyed my bed the frame of a bed it literally snapped it and it happened in the morning while i was on my way to school and it was a friday if it would have happened one day later saturday i would have been in bed and probably hurt very bad right and we didn't the other thing is we didn't sell the house we sold the house like two years later because um well, oh, we had to move. My brother had to rescue us because we were oh, belly up on the house. My mom and dad were. But, uh, like, we didn't – I didn't you know, we uh, – uh, it never got fixed. The roof never got fixed. I had a hole in my roof. Birds would, like, fly in and raccoons and shit. Like, it would just come in. The hole – they put, like, a tarp over it for two years, mind you. Um, And then I slept on a lawn chair. I've told this story before. My bed from age – Five or six, I slept in the bed with my parents to like age five, like way past when a human being should. I just did, and then when they moved me out, I moved into a room and I slept on a, a trifold lawn chair that like one of those click, you know, you got to go all the way down and then you move it out and it's three folded, uh, made of hard plastic. Now my mom wrapped it in sheets, had sheets on it, and I had a pillow and you know all that stuff, but. Like I, that was, and that was upstairs in like a carved out, like it had two by fours with paneling, and they called it a room. It was probably you know six by six by six wide, maybe at the most. I mean, barely the launcher fit end to end in the in the room, and that's where I slept for years till I was ten or eleven years old. Right before the fucking branch fell through my my room, um, that that's when we were in our house in the suburbs. So. When I brag and you think I'm being braggadocious and when I talk about these things, I want you all to know where they come from. It comes from that, that kid that, you know, four older brothers and sisters and parents and being poor, like real poor, you know, again, hanging, have a space heater plugged in um, to, at one point we had our gas, electricity and water, all were shut off in the house. And we had an extension cord running from the side yard of my neighbor's house to a space heater in through the window, open window in the winter, into what we called our family room. And we hung, we stapled or nailed uh, uh, like a big quilt up so to the rest of the house, so we stayed warm in that room. Like that's where I come from. That's w- that's always in me. That's it, right? And the passion you hear. And the anger and the fire, especially when it comes to fairness and equality, that's where it's all from. It comes from there because I I won't have it. I was a young kid. I'm like, I mean, love my brothers and sisters and everybody else. And they were older, but they were like moving out and get the fuck out. And like my parents, my dad was a major alcoholic. My mom was severely manic depressive and, you know, it was just a terrible atmosphere. The one thing I told myself every fuck every day of my entire life was I'm getting the fuck out of here. I didn't know what I'm doing. I didn't know where I'm going. I didn't, I didn't care. I knew I'm getting out of here and this, and what always bothered me is when my parents and even brothers and sisters would say, well, you know, we can't do this. And You know, our neighbors can do that. Neighbors get away with this. and Neighbors are lucky. They get a good job or this and that. And I hated it my entire life. I hate excuses. I hate crutches and, and, you know, keeping them. I think it's, we make up excuses for ourselves to keep ourselves down or to justify not working hard or not breaking out of it. And I never believed in it. I still don't believe in it. I'll never believe in it. Nobody can stop me. Only thing that could stop me is me, me giving up or me burning out. That's the only thing. No matter what it is, uh, it doesn't matter. Sports when I was younger, business when I'm older. Again, you're talking to a guy that was in, I did technology. Like I, I did, I was a laborer as a teenager, but I busted ass and worked at nights and weekends and days and mornings. And, you know, I mean, I just worked, just worked and just kept working and working, just I was a laborer there. Um, you know, went to school. I had to take a medical leave in school when I was in journalism school. Went back to school, even though I was freelancing and, and writing and stuff. I went back and said computer science is the way to go. So because that's where the money is, I'll go to computer science. That was where the money is, and you know, computer science got me into you know working at uh, uh, you know companies like Zurich Life Insurance and and uh, others or retail outlets uh, in their tech department technically I had to help a computer department is what we called it, but it's tech department. And then eventually started my own tech company, selling that to GE as well general electric biggest company in the world. And then having the opportunity to say, okay, now let's go after a passion, which is sports and journalism and fantasy sports. And then, you know, built this and built fantasy alarm came over to guru Lee, did that. And I'm not going to stop fighting. And then, yeah. Oh no, these guys leave elite. Let's it's going to sink, right? It hasn't sunk. I won't let it sink. We're not going to do it. And that's where I come from. I want, and this is not bragging. It's the truth. Nobody can stop any of you except yourself. We all stop each other. That's where our division, that's where I hate politics and religion. I don't like religion either. I'm not a God guy, you know? Um, I respect all religions and anything, you know, uh, I'm a born again, Christian. How many of you know that it's truth? Born again, Christian rebaptized October of 1999 rebaptized a month before my dad passed away, went to the church a block away from the hospital, got rebaptized and in the whole thing, went through the whole thing still that I don't believe in it. Right. I mean, I tried, I thought it would help, but you know, of course I probably did it try to save my dad but it didn't happen blah 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 but i don't take away from anybody else believing in it and i go to church my whole family goes to church every sunday i don't during football season um but you know it it's not a negative towards me yet, at least you know cuz any just god or anything is with you all the time in my opinion and if it's there it's there if it's not it's not live your life the right way good things will happen and um that's just what i believe and I believe that religion and I believe in politics and I believe. in uh, nowadays, like the fucking government, like it separates us. It, we're all just people. And you guys are mostly dudes. Listen to this. We got some ladies that listen. I appreciate you uh, putting up with me, but it's like, everybody just wants us to be different. And guess what? It's okay to be different. It's okay to feel this way about this and this way about that. So I said about the Aaron Rodgers thing, but instead they just, they want us to fight and kill each other. That's what they want. Like this Twitter shit, everybody coming at, you know, coming at, I got yelled at today for talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm changing the channels to eighties on eight. Good. Go, go to eighties on. A. I mean, what do I do? you have the right to do that in the first place, right? Like that's, that's fine, but don't pretend you're doing it because I have one opinion on Aaron Rodgers that you don't share. That's a pussy move. Just a pussy move. You know, just to say you don't like the fucking show. But don't like it because I don't agree. Because I don't agree with you, anyway. Um, I'm getting off on tangents, obviously here, but it all goes back to that Monday night game and about equality and about a chance, an opportunity. I believe everybody out there. And a couple weeks ago, I had my meltdown and and I talked about that. The real thing behind it is I want. I don't want. I got to a point where I thought I wanted it more than you guys wanted it. I wanted you. To win more than you wanted to win. Because in order to win and in order to succeed, in order to excel, you can't do that by being the same. You can't just be the same. You can't have every. It's again, we all can't. This is why, like, having different opinion and my different opinion than a lot of you may have about whatever it is, whether it's God or the politics shit or Aaron Rodgers shit, it, it, instead of being mad, it should just motivate you to do better, right? And, and, get, and Use me as the stepping stone to propel yourself, though that's what you need to do. But you need to, to take that approach. Don't make me your excuse of why you can't succeed or aren't winning or anything like that. And I felt growing up, there was you know, it was very hard for me getting out of the house I was in. It took a fucking miracle. It took a miracle to get my parents to move away from the city, took a miracle to for um, us to actually have a house. It it took a miracle to have a roof over. my head. It took a miracle for me to have a bed, Um, took a miracle for my do have my own room. And then after the hole in the roof and my brother, who was 30 at the time, I think it was 30, 32 years old, I think he's the only reason my parents got out of that fucking ghetto house. And he moved us to a nice, set, nice part of town where I went to high school. And if I didn't do that, I, I don't think, I don't know what the fuck. Cause dude, I'm telling you selling drugs and being in gangs with gangs. I was part of a gang until seventh grade. And then my people turned on me <laughs> to beat my fucking ass. I used to have to run home from junior high school. Cause they, I mean, legitimately were going to kill me. And they thought they had killed me once when they broke my nose or a steel toe boot, you know, just beat me to literally a pulp. Like my face, I still have scars. You know, if you ever look at my stupid face, scars everywhere, forehead, eyebrow, cheekbone, underneath my uh, chin, I'm uh, uh, right under my chin, uh, right down the center of my nose. My nose is all crooked. If you notice, I mean, that's from getting beat to a fucking pulp. Right. And that's, you know, those are the things that happen. So it took a miracle to get out of there. And it took luck, it took and I kind of start thinking again, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe in a bit of divine intervention that I was going to break out one way or another, or die trying, like 50 cent, get rich or die trying. I I was never trying to get rich, I was just trying to get the fuck out. That was it. And just get the fuck out. And that's what I did. You know, I moved out again at uh, the bad time when my pa- my dad died and you know went through that. My mom was sick and uh, my brother is disabled. I've taken care of him since I've been 20 years old. Um, so, you know, I want everybody to have the opportunities. And I I've, I've have a unique perspective of having lived on both sides. And nothing pisses me off more than somebody saying, well, I am so-and-so, so I deserve this. It's like me saying to you, I'm Jeff Mantz. I'm a big deal in fantasy sports. So I should get, I should have the tiebreaker. If we tie in DFS, I should win the money because I'm me and I've done this and you aren't right. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Oh, well, the Steelers have won all these Monday night games. So we're going to make sure they, you know, every opportunity that they have to win that game and no, mm -mm, not for me. Games should be called equally. Everything should be fair, level playing field, fairness for all, equality for all. Let everybody compete. Let the strongest survive. Let the super strongest thrive. That's what I believe in in life. I'll never change. Never change that. That's it. The weak die off. The weak are picked off. The weak crumble. The strong survive. The strong thrive. So, there you go. That that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that game was fucking rigged, just fucking rigged. So, there you go. Um, all right, I'll move on because I'm fucking down a rabbit hole. Um, the DFS dominance was fantastic. I'm super excited uh, for our subscribers and uh, and everything else. Um, so real pumped up about that. I also think that um, uh, you know we're hitting our stride right now and things are starting to click for people. And let me give you a little background and then we'll get into some D, uh, DFS tips and tricks, if you will, some help for those who may be struggling. I'll also get into the ask man's anything questions here today as well. Um, so I've had a unique opportunity over the last I don't know, two, I guess two years really, and I, I've talked to everybody in our industry, in the fantasy sports industry, right? Every, every person from owners of businesses to tech people to editors and content providers, and hosts and writers, and like everybody. I've talked to a, a very, you know, everybody, just literally everybody at every company you could possibly think of. You know, and, and for a variety of reasons, some have wanted to join us uh, here at Elite. You know, some have actually done that, Join us at Elite. Others were curious about it. Others, you just want to, pre- I think they probably want to like see where we're doing. People, I think, thought we were in trouble and, you know, for whatever reason, but th- something very specific has come up. And that thing is that um, automation has taken over. Everything's automated in our industry now. Everything and fantasy sports. Why? Because business owners know it's cheap. It's super cheap. Like we know it. We have the site elite and we have that site. Now notice we haven't charged for it yet. That probably is going to happen or may not. Ha- we don't, we're a lot of talks on what to do with that, but that is the, the industry is just, coming up with projections and letting that decide everything who to start, who to sit, what's right, what's wrong, this better than this. And, um, <laughs> uh, all right. I'm not going to get into politics. Uh, I, always, I, I guess I talk, I talk more about hating politics than people that love politics, talk about politics, but I'll do it anyway. But you guys, um, you know, uh, class warfare, um, I guess that's something I'm deeply against and, you know, from where I <laughs> come from and, um, all that is, um, is that just my background and that's what I, but the class warfare and the classes of human beings and the classes of people, socialism, if you will, um, in a lot of ways, it's where, you know, a certain class of people are worth this and another class of people worth that. And that we we are we've created that in fantasy sports by simply automating everything and just if this player is is projected as more than this player, then that's how it is. And of course, anybody who's got a brain inside their head knows that's not how this is done. That's not how anything is done that way. It's not all black and white, and that's why I hate the political party setup and why I hate all of it is because it's not this side, this side's not right. Yeah. There's that side. None of them are. Of course not. There's that's why, you know, business deals happen and, and, you know, agreements, think about your own house, husbands and wives, right. And kids and everybody plays their role. And I do this. And my responsibilities are that my wife's are that. And, and that, that's good. That's a good relationship. That's a good ecosystem. That's not the way fantasy sports is. Every business owner in, in this industry is moving, has already done so, or is moving towards automating everything. That means there are no people in charge anymore. Just somebody, somebody behind the scenes. Which, by the way, for those listening in the industry, and you think you're safe because you're the one doing projections, you're not. You're the next ones out. They will automate the project. It's easy to automate projections, but baby, it's easy. I mean, it's, I. I overwrite my projections, but they're for the, they're automated. They're automated. And then I, you know, do my little thing, but that's why I don't go by projections. Notice my projections and rankings are immensely different because the player has to gain an edge. You have to have an edge over what the field thinks. That's the way you win. And folks, that's life, baby. You have to have an edge. Everybody's going to do the same thing. And if everybody does the same thing, if you're on the bottom, that means you're going to lose all the time. So how do you get to the top? How do you even get to the middle? Well, you have to win. You have to outperform. How do you outperform if everything, if you do everything that's only expected? If you do just the expectation and meet the expectation, how do you ever move up? Now, it's great for the people on top. That's what you want right and i'm on like for me in my industry i'm on the top of my industry right now you know and you know whether people like it or not it's the truth and i you know i talked to ray and ted and rob and all our guys about all the time like i'm constantly trying to create I, i'm always worried what's the next person what are they coming up with what's what's the next thing here what do i have to stay on top of to make sure i'm ahead what do i you know i i'm moving and shaking yet I'm noticing the rest of the industry is like not doing any of that. They're all just like, okay, we're just doing this. And that's the industry, baby. That's it. So when it comes to DFS, we identified this 2 years ago. I'm going to I'm going to tell the blatant truth right now. Okay, because mm-hmm. I think it's already it's already done. The lineup train started about two and a half years ago or, you know, two years, basically 2019 at the end is when they really started. When they started, it freaked me the fuck out. It freaked me out. I didn't like it because, you know, optimized lineups, these are people that are sharp people using easy products or help, you know, assistance of algorithms and uh, optimizers that with a good projection model that are making very sharp lineups okay and at first i was like oh shit here we go this is a tough one and you know 2019 we started losing to those people everybody who's been around a while knows we started losing started losing to them we were just trapped behind it, it and it's not about their lineup is better than ours that's not really it it's the fact that there's so many of them in numbers there's 20 to 40 in every contest it's 20 percent to 40 percent of the entire field So cash games has stopped becoming about it's no longer just about the best lineup, zero fat and all that kind of stuff. Yes. That's the way we go about our business and do things, but it it is really just become about beating the optimizers and every week that goes on folks, that's really what I'm doing that's if you boil everything else out i'm just making sure i i do all my s- the same projections game by game start narrowing down the player pool start really isolating down into the best players forming that player pool but when it comes to the lineup that i use why well, i have won eight out of nine weeks thus far majority of us at EliteFantasy.com have it's about that lineup, that core four. It's about staying ahead of that optimizer. That's all it is, beat the machine. And it's funny because we had a $15,000 winner over on uh, EliteFantasy.com this past week. And uh, it was a beat the score contest. Now, this is a contest I've seen, but I don't know much about, right? I didn't know like a ton. Brandon, I believe. Yeah, that was it just beat the score, had to beat 135 points. He scored 141 and the only one to do so. And Brandon won $15,000. Congratulations, Brandon, if you're listening, Um, you know, just a fantastic effort. And basically that's exactly it. Cause everybody else, nobody else is the, so I went back and looked at his contest and there were so many people at like 131 with the same score. Cause they all just went together. All you need to do is play one different player, score nine more points or really three more points. He scored 10 more points almost or nine more points and 10 more points. If that's all you need to do and it's over, you've won. You're the solo winner. It's a great contest. Those in the elite mafia, I would check this contest out because it suits us in our way very well, but that's knowing your industry knowing what you're up against. And that's where it is. We're up against optimizers. We beat the shit out of them. It's at this point, like okay. So in 2019, I was scared of them. I was worried about them. I was like, oh shit. Now I knew I honestly didn't even know how to go about really attacking them and, and figure you know how to outmanipulate the machine, right? It's intimidating when you don't know. And I'm sure a lot of you are intimidated too. Like, oh shit, I don't know what to do. So I had to reconfigure everything, you know. Player pool reconfigured, um, you know, and I, you know, I went pretty wildly with the player pool and just all different things before eventually realizing the real the player pool doesn't change all that much. What changes is the lineup. All that matters is the lineup and who we have. Where do we get an advantage? And you know that's where we're at, and that's why we've been able to again fifteen out of seventeen weeks in twenty twenty. And seven out of or eight out of nine now uh, in 2021. I mean, come on. (laughs) Results are results. You know, I said last year, there's no fucking way we ever repeat this. I I said it and I really meant it at the beginning of this year, but I'm starting to think maybe we can because it's not changing. And the optimizers and the automation and the laziness of DFS players is not changing. They're still, they can't do what we do. They can't put in time. They're not logging the hours of those of us that are in our elite fantasy discord, reading the articles, watching live streams, the podcast, all the shows, all the programming, the core for live stream. I mean, they're not doing that work. So they're just rolling up, expecting to hit that optimized button and upload button and they think that's it. And they're getting their asses kicked. So and I don't think they're going to change. That's the great part about it. We've got them by the balls kicking their ass. So anyway, um, that's my thoughts on that the way the industry has changed and all that. Um, do want to get to some ask bands, anything questions here still got starts and sits to get to as well. Um, well, let me finish off the DFS stuff real quick. Um, some tips and tricks. For those of you out there, I talked about in the Sirius XM show, Just go, you got to get back to basics. Your bankroll management's important. Setting up that budget and replicating it every single week. Now, if you're brand new to DFS, maybe it takes some getting used to what site you're playing at, what contest you're playing at. But you, can, you set your bankroll. Don't blow your wad. Don't. Because you, your million-dollar win or $100,000 win, $10,000 win, whatever it is, your big win could be destined for you, but it could be in week 17 or 18. It could be week 14. It could be week 10. You just don't know when it's, but you have, it's your job to stay in the game long enough to survive. If you're a tournament player, and if you ever, if you're a tournament player, and you say to yourself, well, I just can't keep, doing this then you're you're not a dfs player you shouldn't be playing dfs and if you are you're not a tournament player shouldn't be playing tournaments said that at the beginning of the year we said at the beginning of every year you know certain people are cash game players I, i'm addicted to winning i love the winning feeling i love doubling my money you know i double my money every single week and it's it's you know, every week four thousand dollars four thousand dollars four thousand yeah, dollars every week it's just four more thousand dollars four thousand dollars cost me two so you know another two i guess is the way to look at it but you know just keep do, keep putting it keep putting it keep putting it and then you know then now we'll get to this point in the season i'm like god damn i, I couldn't lose i couldn't have a losing season if i lost the rest of the year right just because of proper bankroll management um obviously it decides on the player, you know, cash games, cash games, single entry, 50, 50s, give you a 50% chance to win. That's the best odds you can get anywhere in in DFS. It's just the best. So if you're having problems, not winning enough and you want to win enough, then those are the contests you have to play because other contests, you have a 15% chance of winning. Okay. But you don't win as much. You just double your money. That's the trade-off. There's no perfect, there's so many other types of contests where everybody thinks they're going to be the, they're going to get the right equation, but you're not, it's not, there's no, there's nothing. The math is the math and you're either going to have between a 15 and 25% chance of cashing out and winning, being profitable in each contest, or you can play one with the best, which is 50%. And that's the best you can do. So you choose. You have more upside with the lesser chance to win, but more money to win. Or you could just double up, double up, double up, double up. And that comes down to the contest you select. Play in the same contest every week. If you haven't been winning, if you've been struggling, look at the teams that are winning. Look at the lineups that are winning. If you're in a cash game situation, just look at your, if you're losing, you're losing to the optimizer. That's another reason not to get, I wouldn't, if I was having a bad season, if I'm losing right now as a cash game player, the only thing I'm looking at is to optimize lineups. Why did they win? Why are, what did they go with? What are their tendencies? You know what their tendencies are? Their tendencies are your tendencies. That's right. They play the best players from last week every time, every time. And they just play the best, you know, the best sort of rest of season players every time that's all they do they have the optimizers have no matchup insight whatsoever none no game flow ma- uh, thought in their lineups whatsoever i mean zeros so that's where you get your advantage that's where we get our advantage in the elite mafia all right so you know, those contests do them play the same contest then look who's winning if you're not winning who is Why are they winning? What's the difference between your lineup and theirs? Are they paying up for a certain position? Are they paying down elsewhere? Are they using a balanced approach? Are they using stars and scrubs? Go look at that. Okay? so, And then once you've locked in, be consistent. Don't jump. contest to contest. Oh, I'm going to try this this week. I'm trying this this week. I play cash games this week. I'll play tournaments this week. You're all over the place. You have to be the constant, your bankroll, your contest selection, the way that you build your lineups. Now it takes a while to get to this, both with bankroll, contest, lineup building. It takes a while. but Once you've got to that place, and this is why I do the core four for everybody. Right. That's why I do it on the serious show and everywhere else. You don't have to use it. You can, there are better, better lineups every week with a better, which could have had a better core four in there. I guarantee you. Well, I, it's, it's a fact. It's not even debatable. It's fact. Never my goal is to score the highest amount of points. I'm protecting the downside. I'm scoring as many points while protecting. If this guy shits the bed, it's still he's shit in the bed with eight points as opposed to zero points or two points. So that's lineup building. And the core four helps people with that. So if you use the core four consistently, then that's, you're already there. Cause like I said, again, that's on, that's not even debatable. It's eight out of nine weeks. The core four has been fantastic, you know, and then the other players around it, then that, you know, that's how you get the wrench on that. The core four is a great, it's it steps up, it's you know, it lifts you up, it gets you in the right spot to form a better lineup. It allows you some versatility with your build. You don't have to pay up at a certain position, usually, right? It's usually pretty balanced. You've got a high end guy, you got a value guy, you got a mid tier guy, right? That's normally what the core four is about. So, and it's a good start to your lineup. So If you've been failing or struggling, go back, plug in the core four, start learning from that. Where do you go? Where are the other five guys in your lineup? Right. That that will help you immensely as well. So hopefully that helps. Um, Hope it did. You guys, I will go to uh, some ask bands, anything, stuff stuff here as well. Um, Let's see. How do you target the cheaper guys? Uh, What are the things that make you choose one cheap guy over another? A lot of times I just default to your rankings projections. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, there's a lot in DFS that goes to it. It's a DFS question from our discord, by the way. I think that um, uh, how do I choose the cheaper guy in a cash game setting? I choose the player with the most, the highest floor. So that as far as a projection is concerned, that's right. That's the right way. You know, high is, Price per dollar player makes a lot of sense. A lot of volume, a Hunter Renfro. Okay. Hunter Renfro guy that I hate and I just don't like, but the floor for how inexpensive he was last week. Very good. You know, very solid. He's on the field a lot. He is, even though not as much as you think, but he's on the field a lot. He gets a lot of targets, all that stuff. So every, it's all player analysis in general. It's you analyze the player snaps you know health or the overall system health snaps volume targets opportunity share run share target share all that stuff then you get into the game flow and break all that down and start okay what's the expected what do they average run versus pass and if they're up a lot They're down a lot if the game script goes according this way, you know. And then you just come out with the guy who's the safest play. That's what I do with the value play, um, with the value guys. In a tournament, I'm going with the highest ceiling. Um, last week it's funny I played Hunter Renfro, both guys in my write up, by the way, but two different types of players. Hunter Renfro for a cash game play, and which I did not use in my cash game lineup, by the way, but I strongly consider. And then there was Donovan Peoples Jones, who I did use in my GPP lineup because I just had to get him. I, I nobody else was going to use him. And if it went, if the Browns came out and used that play action passing, I felt he was going to be the guy and the touchdown guy. And sure enough, you know that is exactly what happened. Um, you know, Peoples Jones last week what was he top fourteen receiver 16 points or whatever so it was a fantastic hit helped me albeit min cash um in gpp but hell i mean was the difference maker because he's in some of the higher stakes contests he, i was the only lineup with him so that was good so that's how i choose uh that spot as well um you are very transparent what could we ask you that you haven't talked about uh, i think i drew i talked about it earlier sort of my childhood stuff and I don't know. I know I've talked about the you know, sleeping on a lawn chair. To be honest, like that's something that I never even realized until I was much I'm well in my twenties. And I, I brought it up. Yeah, I was talking about we were talking about it with my sisters and stuff, because my sisters remember, um, my brother who lived with us remembered. I sleep slept on a lawn chair for yeah, you know, years and years. And my wife was like, Wait, what? She's like, you never. what the fuck you, a fuck? And, you know, as if I was like abused or something. I'm like, no, it just the launch. We didn't have a bed and actually I didn't have a bed until my grandparents died or my grandfather died. My grandma got a new bed and I got, I got their old bed. This is the first bed I ever had. Um, so there you go. Um, would love to hear how you start your builds you typically start as quarterback and go from there. Oh, good one. Um, I like that question. Yes, quarterback is the way to start. Can't miss on quarterback. Just can't do it. Simple. That's it. Can't miss on. Cannot miss on quarterback. I uh, forgot what week. It was the week I had Kyler Murray in the core four. He scored thirteen points. So we almost missed. We oh, we did miss. I'm sorry. And we luckily were saved. I forgot if that was the Derrick Henry week. Somebody saved us late. I remember. But should have lost that one. You can't miss quarterback. So yeah, I started quarterback, but. Uh, You know, one of the other exercises is don't go in order of how every lineup is quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end flex. That's how everybody, that's how everybody does it. And I, I settle on quarterback first, then I do every other, I'd probably go quarterback, tight end defense. Then I get into running backs and receivers who play off each other because that's where you get the three running backs, you know, extra running back as a flex or four wide receivers. So that's kind of the way I go about it. Uh, Choosing the best GPPs single entry uh, is the way to go. um, And higher stake best advice I give you as a tournament player is to push the envelope. Do not be a lottery. Remember there's four types of players. And daily fantasy, there's cash games, players, there's tournament players. Those are the Jeffs, the Tommies, as we call them. Then there are the just for fun players that, yeah, they just throw it in play with their buddies. And you know, the money, it's a, it's an entertainment uh, pay, uh, uh, you know, the money is just about entertainment value. And when they some, they lose some, they're great. The other are the lottery players. And the lottery players are the worst players. They're the ones in the Millie maker that they, they are the people that are selfish little bastards, and I guarantee this is a lot of you, you think you're going to put in a little and you think you're going to win a lot. Nah, you're not. That doesn't happen. It would be great if that happened, everybody did it. So you're just throwing away, But you're, you're putting yourself in a very negative situation. So my best advice for GPP players, tournament players, buy into the biggest tournament you can buy into. I go over the pay lines every fucking Tuesday, me and Ted. And it just is perplexing to me um, on how bad everybody seems to be at choosing contests. And, you know, you get into it and it's like, uh, um, you know, some of these guys are, 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 you know, you play in a a $50 contest, but somebody who plays in the... uh, um, $50 contest for say didn't play in the $75 contest or they played in the 100, but not the one fifty, or, you You know, know. so on and so forth. And it's like, what did you do that for? Because you could have won all the money when you hit in DFS. That's what, you know, that, that would have sustained you. That extra 20,000 is the difference. And if you know, I'm digging out my pay lines in case you guys, I'm digging out through my, uh, my little pay line cheat sheet, because I'm going to uh, just go into last week here. Um, so the FanDuel hot route, right? $50 contest, 158.52. Won that contest, right? And they won $10,000. Now, the $55 bomb on FanDuel, won, uh, the winning lineup was 166.04 won $100,000. Now, again, you know, if that 158, if you played the multi-entry contests for the same amount, roughly $50, $55, that lineup, 158.52, wouldn't have been in the top 10. And thus, you would have won, I think it would have won $600 in 18th place. $400, $400, that's it instead of ten thousand in the single entry but then here we go we go to like the cover two which was a hundred dollars and the top score the winning score is 155.14 mind you this is really low these are some real low low um pay lines in, this week on fanduel but that cover two, one fifty 155.14 was a uh it won $13,000, but notice that the person that played the $50 hot route, the 158 lineup, didn't pony up the extra 50 to play the cover two because they would have won $15,000 in the cover two. You see what I'm saying? That's you know, 50% more money. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot more money, and you should have played both because if you would have played both, you would have won $25,000 right in the luxury box was $535 buy-in that was that top lineup was 147.04 took home 15,000 again if either the $50 or the $100 person played in the 535 they would have won that money too so you want to pay up for the highest do single entries for get real money stop dreaming hundred thousand million that was Fuck, man, that, that's a crapshoot. And you have to play against just so much filth and garbage, you know, um, that it, it's just not worth it, not worth having to put up with. It. It's too too many minefields there. Pay up, play in a single entry, get real money, $10, $50, 25 20 Get real money. And then once you have that real money, then you want to go a little crazy and get, you know, yeah, fine, chase your millions but that's not the way to go. Um, so there you go. Those are some of the questions. Um, what else do we got? I'm kind of perusing here. Our discord, I posted a, a link to it as well. Um, somebody asking about season long advice. I mean, I'm all about season long advice, but didn't ask a specific question. Uh, other questions for me, um, Let's see. Any update on Badlands? Uh, no, Badlands is never paid me the $500 dinner, he said. And he thanked everybody for giving terrible advice. And, um, you know, of course, he's gone away as well. What else? Is football dying? Will it still be around in 50, years? Oh, I like that question. I actually had this conversation with Ted Schuster quite a bit. Yes, it'll be around. Football will be around, but it's always going to be, football will always be a lower income sport. You can't care about yourself. You can't have good parents you know, and play football. It's very unusual because that's just a bad thing. Um, I call it the Neanderthal gene. When I was growing up, like I talked about all the time, I used to play tackle football on the concrete. Like it's just, we didn't talk about it. We just did it. And tackling people. We had boxing tournaments in my neighborhoods all the time. And I got my ass beat all the time. Like it was not, there was another, never. That's just what we did. Once you start thinking about it. Oh, I value. Oh no, I may have a concussion. Oh, I broke my arm because I did break my arm. I didn't break my arm. I shattered my arm. Like I've told that story before I was left-handed till I was in fifth grade. And then I, my whole arm shattered. It. I broke it in three places. I broke the upper part like towards the bicep on the underneath part of the bicep i both broke right at the elbow um in there and i broke my wrist in three places so i, I sh- it shattered the arm so um yeah and you know i learned how to be right-handed ever since but that's where it, it is um other questions i've enjoyed your show back when you and tommy played timmy trumpets before it was in a show at halfway point what's one thing you have learned in your career that you wish you knew in the beginning great question what one thing that i wish i knew um there's a lot i mean i wish i knew a lot you know i think that that people make the difference Uh, i I think that there's an idea that i don't know i don't know what we want to call talent being right. I, I think though I, uh, when I first started, I kind of went at Matt Barry a little bit in the modern day it would be talk trolling. I thought I was better than him because I had a better opinion. I was right on this player. He was wrong on that player or whatever. And I thought that meant I was better and it didn't uh, I've had a chance, you know, talk to Matt Barry hundreds of times and he has given me some amazing career advice in, in my career and been, and possibly uh, generous to me uh, and, and all that. Like he's a great dude, a genuinely really core type guy. Um, but it takes a lot to get to the level, and getting to the level is everything. So like the hard work and that people matter, and and as long as you take care of people, and it's customers, it's readers, it's people who listen. As long as that's the key and not your own ego. My screen notice, and people don't realize this that I don't screenshot and i've been able to play legally for I, I thought i may screenshot now that it was legal um i stopped screenshotting you know four years ago five years ago because it was illegal in arizona and i wasn't i didn't play in my account right i didn't play ted played i didn't play but we didn't share that just so it wouldn't be a thing or whatever but i learned that none of that matters who cares about me i'm an analyst. My job is to make other people better. If I win or lose, it really shouldn't matter. What matters is how everybody else does. And I'm proud and happy, and my wife's happy that you know we're profitable and winning. And every Christmas season, you know, getting uh, our withdrawals and stuff go through is fantastic. But I don't worry about myself, my own accolades. That's not interesting to me. I I didn't know that at first. I thought, oh, if I just won. As long as I win, that's all that matters. And that's what means something. And everybody will follow me. Well, and you know what? To a certain degree, they kind of would probably. Probably it's sexier, but it's not the right way to do it. So that's something I learned um, along the way. All right, let's get into some week 10 action here. Everybody starts and sits for week number 10. It's a tough week. There's no question about it. With all the different news, um, Dearness Johnson going to start at running back for the Cleveland Browns tough matchup against the new England Patriots. I am going to start him. I don't love it, but I am. Um, Tampa Bay. We'll see what happens with their wide receivers. Looks like Antonio Brown's out. Godwin is likely out. So that's going to cause Tyler Johnson, possibly Scotty Miller who is says he's coming back. I doubt it. Um, Tyler Johnson moves up considerable though as a stardom candidate here against the terrible defense in the Washington football team, AKA the potatoes. I am starting Russell Wilson in his first week back. I'm starting Derek Carr on Sunday night football against the chiefs as well. Michael Carter, James Robinson, Zach Moss, Devontae Freeman on Thursday. I'm starting as well. Um, Van Jefferson, Corey Davis, Jalen Waldo, Dalton Schultz, Hunter Henry, all stardoms for me in week 10. Benchums, uh, Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Antonio Gibson, Bast and Scott benching them. Um, Adrian Peterson not playing against New Orleans. No, thank you. Uh, Elijah Moore, Cole Beasley, Rashad Bateman on Thursday. Ugh, you'd have. To, I don't want to start Bateman. Not with Sammy Watkins back. Um, I'm out on that. Uh, and then Nicole Hardman, Tyler Higby, Pat Friermuth. Everyone wants to rush him in. It's not a bad match against Detroit. He's just outside of my top twelve, so there you go. Those are some stardom and sidoms for this week. I know I went pretty fast on that. Let's get into the uh, the uh, survivor pool. By the way, how about this? The um, Bills lost. I kind of tweeted out survivor pools are all over and done. Somehow, I managed to. I got real lucky. I fought. With our elite mafia crew, uh, the Siege and Rob and Rusty and Tyler and our crew that is in the super contests um, in Las Vegas, and we do we did the um, entry to the survivor pool there too. I said we have to play the bills because Siege always wants to. He wants to save everybody. I guess save everybody for rainy day. Rainy days never come. Survive. Biggest problem with survivor pools is everybody waits. They don't use the good teams. They try to get sneaky, and then they get caught. It happens all the time. I've had fortune to win a lot of survivor pools. I'm usually very good at these, but I argued for the Bills. But the problem is with us is that we, as a collection, don't put in our survivor bets until Friday. Last week, in my the two survivor pools that I do by myself, I put in the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday night. And I on Sunday I didn't even realize I'd done that. I thought, well, I'm out of everywhere. Oh, all right, one less thing to do. Fine, I'm out. And if I'm if I go out with the Bills losing the fucking Jaguars 96, then I'm then fine. So be it. God, do do your worst. But I got lucky on that. So still in my survivor pick this week, I do like the Bills against the Jets, and they're not going to be that popular either. So if you die, obviously, if you're still in you have the bills pretty good spot to go right back to them. It is. They're not going to lose this game. Um, So the bills would be the top choice. If you haven't used it, if you're still sitting on it, um, by the way, uh, the reason that I didn't use the bills actually in the one and the two that I had, I used them one, two, three, four week four. I used, (laughs) I used Buffalo. So it's another reason. And I took the Colts Steelers at home against Detroit. Detroit is so terrible. I know they're coming off a bye. I know it's a short week for Pittsburgh. But, you know, that's a team that NFL kind of wants to do well for whatever reason. I just don't – Detroit, Pittsburgh isn't that good. But I still think that they, uh, they hold off the Lions at home. I do like the Colts uh, against Jacksonville, too. All three of those are surefire winners. Bills, Colts, Steelers, in that order for me. Best bet of the week definitely lock this one in early right now the it opened at 49 and a half it just saw it at 50 and i just right before the podcast went live i clicked in a uh, green Bay, seattle 50 total go under on that even if russell wilson and aaron Rodgers play getting to 50 in a cold lambeau field november it's going to be it's going to take some doing i don't I think Russell's going to come back and Seattle's offense is going to high fly it, you know. And Green Bay has run the ball a lot, whether Aaron Rodgers is totally fine or not. Either way, if Rodgers doesn't play, it's Jordan Love. They're not going to come close to fifth. This game might not go over 38 if Rodgers doesn't play. If Rodgers plays, it will push Wilson and move that up. But again, it's not going to go over 50 points, so I'm going under on that. And my upset of the week, there's several games I think have a chance. Uh, of being an upset this week, but, um, you know, Carolina over Arizona is interesting to me. PJ Walker is just going to make that offense so much better, even though he's not that good, but it gives them a big element, just, just a downfield element, by the way, pick up Robbie Anderson. If Robbie Anderson has been dropped, go pick him up immediately. Cause he's back with PJ Walker. Um, i'm not going there though the upset i'll go with is new orleans over tennessee i wish new orleans would start Taysom hill if they do i think they'll win going away if they don't i still think they have a good chance to upset tennessee tennessee shouldn't really be favored too tough a defense for new orleans it's too tough too tough in the trenches for the tennessee offensive line they're not going to be able to run the ball anywhere and force ryan Tannell. the more you Tennessee got away with two short fields, pick six and another like what? Seven yards touchdown, 14 points off turnovers uh, and Sunday night football. That was the difference in that game. It's not going to, could that happen? Sure. Uh, against Trevor Simeon, but I don't think that happens. So I think New Orleans in the upset. All right, folks, uh, I won't take I won't keep up any more of your time. I got to a lot on the show today. Appreciate you guys downloading. Tell a friend more people we have. Remember, brand new podcast on fantasyguru.com. My weekly recap Sunday nights. I record it. I'm usually sweaty and gross by the end of this. And I give you all the details first before anybody else gives you anything. So uh, check that out fantasyguru.com. Uh, if you want to sign up there, get the game script article, the recap podcast, the rankings and projections and all our great tools over there. uh You're talking $20 for the rest of the season. Just fucking do it. I mean, good grief. At this point, just do it. It's an app. Abs- it's one contest entry for you. You'll be fine. um If you want discounts from there on any of our products, support at elitefantasy.com and uh, tell them Jeff Mans sent you and they'll hook you up with whatever sports, VIPs, multiple sites, whatever you want, you will get. Follow me at Jeff underscore Manns on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. You may agree or disagree, more likely disagree with anything that you heard and everything that you heard on today's show. And it's perfectly all right, folks, because we ain't a pussy. We aren't worried about it. We are One Man's Opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. See